0: What is up, everybody? This is Ryan. Happy to have you on today. I have a special, special guest today who is one of the top
1: 100 tech innovators, and his name is David J. And something really cool about David is how he applied a strategy that Apple and Walmart use that they got from a Christian camp to start a
0: company and automate it. So, something really unique in, in totally different than what I expected. Also has massive experience on taking companies from zero to a million, but a lot of great nuggets along the way that you can apply regardless of what company size you're at. What's up everybody, this is Ryan Staley and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics that the top sales and marketing leaders are using Create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome everybody to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. I have David J. David is the founder and CEO,
1: and he's waving for you, the, the for you, the listener the founder and CEO of Warm Welcome and was recently named a top 100 tech innovator and influencer. He's a startup junkie and started service-based companies and translated them into software companies and loves business because he believes it's a tool that can build better relationships and connect us to a purpose far beyond ourselves. So that's highly impactful. Welcome, David. Happy to have you on the show today, man.
2: Thanks, Ryan. It's great to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you know, you'll see this if you, if you watch the live clip, but David has some uh, a massive, impressive wood background in front of him, like more wood than I've ever seen with bookshelves. So you got to check out the <laughs> video. And uh, but before, <laughs> before we get too much into that, David, can you give everybody a little bit of a background about you and kind of your superhero origin story of, of where you came from, how you got to where you're at now, and, and just have you, the listener, give a, a, a quick backdrop on that. You bet.
2: Yeah. So in 2001, I uh, I was going to college, Westmont College in uh, Santa Barbara, uh, playing soccer there, really. I, I would say I was more of a soccer player than a, a college student. And when my soccer career ended, I just dropped out of college. And uh, from there, I had to really figure out what I was going to do. Didn't have a college degree 20 years ago. That was much more important, I think, than it is today. But uh, I started a a service-based business of photography and from there started to build online communities around photography. You know, nowadays everyone has an online community, but back then uh, it was pretty rare. And, uh, you know, there was no Facebook groups or no Facebook at all really. And, uh, and so started to build communities. And then from those communities started to hear pain points, problems that other photographers and small businesses were having. And uh, teamed up uh, with some some software guys, some techies, and uh, started building software uh, to solve those problems. And, uh, and so I was on the sales and marketing side, had other guys on the engineering and product side. And it was very organic. I mean, we never raised money, never, um, did anything like that, but we'd sell some software at the end of the month, we'd split up the money literally every month. I mean, it was like, we had no finance, no operational know-how or anything. And, uh, and over the years as it grew, um, we realized, Hey, we need to get our, our ducks in a row and, uh, operate this like a real company. And so that's been my path has been, Going from like a very messy, uh, like everyone owns a little piece of this to um, essentially buying up the company over the last you know 10 years so that I own it and can operate it and uh, grow it like a real business instead of a, a startup. And, and so I've just gone from kind of one product to another and then one business to another. And uh, kind of learning, learning a lot as I go.
1: Excellent, man. Well, that's a great story. And and you know, just as a follow up to that, because I think you kind of understated what you're doing. You're you're the, uh, the the founder and owner of three companies right now. Is that is that accurate? Is that where you land? Yeah, about that, that, that a little money. bit.
2: Yeah, that? three that make money and a couple <laughs> other ones that are just costing me money, but, uh, (laughs) that's what I love is the startup stage. Uh, there's a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of problems to solve in that stage. You know, once something gets to market, you find product market fit, you start to get the the wheels moving. You're growing, you know, let's say you, you you hit a million dollars in ARR. Like, I think that's a good point to kind of say, okay, we have a market. They like the product. We're making money. Now let's um, maybe move into some more uh, operational types of things, and uh, and so at that point, it's not um, really in my wheelhouse, and it took me uh, ten years to kind of realize that. I I tried to continue operating these companies, but I found out like I was a detriment to my own companies because I was wanting to do something new, change things, you know, innovate something else instead of iterate and just make those natural improvements that will grow the company over time. And, uh, and so that's what I do now is once we get to uh, a certain place, uh, I have a CEO that takes over. He's more operational, finance-minded. He'll build the teams from there, and I go back and start something new. And so that's the, the crazy cycle we're on.
1: That's pretty cool, man. So when, when you get to a million ARR. And I, I love that kind of your approach, and that you realize that you're like, hey, I, I like going zero to one, which I, that's rare. Most people do not like that kind of stage from <laughs> what I've talked to, because I, I can't even tell you how many conversations David, I've had where people are like, yeah, you don't want to have to go from zero to one because that's the hardest. Or, you, you know, I, it's so much. You, literally, I was just talking to someone the other day who's like, yeah, well, zero to one is the hardest. So we bought another company that helped us massively expand our users. So we didn't have to go through that phase. Most people don't think about that. So you're kind of the flip-flop version of it. Hey, you're like, yeah, I love doing this. I love starting. And so can you talk about your philosophy with that? Because that's something that I don't hear a lot of folks talk about. And and kind of, you know, if you have a formula or a framework for how you kind of mentally approach things, I would love to hear that.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know which is harder. You know, I I think that for me, what I enjoy and what I do every day is, is, um, is, is not necessarily easy, but it's, it's what brings me life. And other people, you know, la- later in a company's journey, like that's what brings them life. And so, uh, you know, if you're running any business, I don't think you should be like looking for the easy way. You should just be looking for like the right way to solve that problem. And uh, there's really no easy way to run a business. Businesses are hard. Startups are hard. Um, so, yeah, you got to know yourself, right? Self-awareness. And oftentimes, you know, in our 20s, we don't have a lot of that, and we think we can do everything and be the best at everything. And and then our life falls apart, and we realize, oh, I'd be better off um, sticking to what I'm good at. And so, if you look at, yeah, I'm mean, even old. Kind of models, examples that we have. Uh, have you heard of the diffusion of innovation? It's no, the, it's the bell Actually, curve.
1: Wait, wait. It sounds familiar, but I don't know all the specifics off the top of my head. So, yeah, go yeah. Ahead, walk us through that, man.
2: Yeah, so it's a it's a um, I think it was developed in the sixties. the uh, The book that really popularized it was Crossing the Chasm. If you've heard of the book Crossing the Chasm, and you've seen the bell curve of um, innovator early adopter, early majority, late majority, and laggard, right? And it's this huge bell curve of, of people. Um, you realize that very few people are on that front and fringe of innovator and early adopter, right? There's not you know, billions of Elon Musks out there in the world, right? There's very few cats like that. Uh, and our world doesn't um, really try and train and equip people to be there for the last Two hundred years, we've taught people how to be factory workers, right? The educational system teaches yeah. you to how how to be a factory worker, and how to obey the rules and follow the process, and blah blah blah, and and so people that land you know in the early majority, late majority, and laggard, you have you know seventy percent of the world that is more equipped to operate a business that way. A lot of people go to business school, get their MBA, like. They're very good at that stage, right? That's a lot of venture capital guys, even like they're much more equipped to come into a business later on. Um, and so that's where I think a lot of the the focus tends to be, or, or a lot of the fear maybe of the early stage, because there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there's a lot of um, questions that don't really have answers. can't go find the answer right now you have to find it along the way and uh and so if you like that do that like it's it's awesome we need explorers we need people that are going to go out and find things um and, and help people solve those problems
1: yeah i mean you dropped a lot of great great nuggets in there and i i mean so how do you approach it then like i guess like So you're starting, let's say you want to start a company from scratch tomorrow Mm -hmm. and, and to get from zero to a million, you know, like what would be your, your 12 month plan for that? And like your 90 day plan and, and how would you prioritize your focus for different areas, I guess.
2: Sure. Yeah. So warm welcome, uh, is a perfect example of that because it was started as a test project. Uh, so five years ago, I started a company called Agree.com. It's a contracts and payment service. And it cost a million dollars to get that to market, right? Wow. This was in 2015. So uh, with Warm Welcome, I wanted to see how cheaply, how efficiently, uh, how quickly I could get something to market, right? Not a finished pro- product by any means, but, um, you know, an MVP Maybe (laughs) like a very rough prototype, because that's really the only way to start getting feedback. You know, you can give someone an idea and say, Hey, would you use this if you had it? And they'll might give you some feedback on it. Or most of the time it's your friends and they say, heck yeah, I'd use it. And then you spend all this money building it and then they don't use it. And it's like, wait, what? So you have to get a prototype to market. And you see people like Elon Musk doing this, right? When he does a, a release of a new car, he doesn't have a new car. He has a hand-built prototype of a car that he sells to people. And then four years later, he gives them the, the car, right? It's like okay, the, yeah. he does not have a car or a facility to even build that car yet. So um, it's the same with, with tech. So we did that with Warm Welcome and said, how how quickly today can we get an MVP? It cost a million bucks just a few years ago uh, to build a pretty simple app. Uh, and today, 10,000 bucks in one month.
1: Come on.
2: Yeah. It, the cost to create things has dropped so dramatically that, um, I mean, the, the world is just moving. The world of tech is moving at an insane speed now that really anyone can build something. Like there's no excuse anymore of like, Oh, I had an idea, but I didn't have the money to build it. Like. Yeah, you did. Everyone, everyone does. And, uh, and so it's a, it's an exciting time to be in tech, but as you know, just cause you build it doesn't mean the customers are going to come. And so sales and marketing are huge, huge skill gaps for young founders nowadays. And, uh, and so, you know, as one thing gets easier, we got to go over here and do the hard work. Sales marketing is hard work now. And so doing those types of things, as um, Reed Hoffman uh, from LinkedIn said, he goes, in order to to build something that scales, you have to do the things that don't scale. And that's something that I think young tech founders need to hear and realize that for the first couple of years of the business, they're going to have to stop focusing on making everything scalable and do the hard service sales and marketing work that doesn't scale.
1: I love that, man. Good stuff. And it's uh, uh, great for you that you, you were, I guess you reverse 10 X did. Is that even a uh, <laughs> negative 10 X from going from a million to 10 K or whatever? No, that's a hundred X in terms of the difference in investment. So impressive that you're able to do that. Love Reed Hoffman. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could relate to that because now that's, and we were talking a little bit before you jumped on, but that, that's what my, my core specialty was. And originally, like I started my business last year and the more founders and CEOs I talked to, the more I realized that the solution that most people thought they needed was more money, right? They just need to get VC money. They just need to get over that hump to get VC. I can't even tell you, David, how many times people have, have Told me that how many times, how many I've seen it in forums, and I'm like, well, have you tried to sell your product yet? And there's people that haven't even tried to sell their product yet. <laughs> like we've been working on it for nine months and we still haven't tried to sell it yet. Wow. And I'm like, well, how do you know if the market even wants what you have? You yeah. know, and venture capital money isn't going to be the fix-all solution. You know, yeah. and so just kind of like there's principles in physics and math. There's the same with revenue growth you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've seen a lot of opportunity for folks like that. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, it's really interesting that you kind of brought that to to the surface.
2: Yeah. It's a really, it's a really bad sign if the founder or the person running the business had, has never tried to sell it. Um, and if you look at the analogy of cooking, um, it, it correlates here really nicely because early on in a product, you have all these kind of ingredients, right? You haven't found product market fit yet. So it's not all packaged, ready for the market. Mm-hmm. But you have the ingredients ready. Now, if you spend nine months, like the example you gave, and you're constantly thinking about it, and you're packaging this up, and you're doing all that before you get feedback, what you're essentially doing is you're having all these meetings, you're talking about it, you're thinking about it all the time, you're baking the product. It's like you're baking the cookie. Now you come to market with that product, and you are convinced beyond you know anything that that is the right product right because you've invested so much of your life into it, so then you bring it to the market, and the market is like, "What's that right <laughs> they're they're just seeing it for the first time they haven't thought about they're like huh, and so you're not willing to take their feedback on it, and so what ends up having to happen is uh you have to try and rebake the cookie. And we all know what happens when you try and rebake something, right? It burns, it crumbles, it falls apart, and then you have to rebuild it. And that's what happens with so many startups is they end up having to rebuild themselves after two years, three years, four years, because they took too much time at the beginning building what they thought was right instead of creating those feedback loops really early on when you still had ingredients, when it was still moldable, shapeable, um, get the feedback then it's a lot cheaper and, uh, you'll save yourself a lot of money and a lot of headaches by, by doing it
1: that way. I love that. And I, I, I lived through that. I, you know, I was trying to develop something in a vacuum for the first four months I started and, um, learned really quickly, you know, what, what was, what the market want wanted and what the market needed not what I wanted to give the market, you know? And so, so in terms of feedback loops, like what do you, what did you use for warm welcome? You know, and I guess kind of like where are you at now? Cause that's an impressive story to go from a million to 10 K. And that was only six years ago with that, that big jump. So what kind of feedback loops do you leverage um, now in terms of scaling up? And then, you know, you could give a, a quick overview, a understanding of the solution so people have context as well. Sure.
2: So, so warm welcome is a way to personalize your business with video, and you know we wanted to focus on it strategically, where um, every single touch point with the customer has a warm personal interaction. So, uh, whether that's a little video bubble on the website where you know you're smiling and waving at them and giving them the ability to to chat with you, or a video email, or a video business card, you know whole bunch of uh, little widgets in there. Um, but in terms of getting feedback on it uh, early on, it was, you know, sitting right here in my office and inviting people over and talking to them and seeing how they uh, respond uh, when, when they see the product or when they try and use the product. Because uh, a lot of times people won't, won't tell you like honest feedback, right? If you send them something and they review it and they send you something back, it's not honest. But when you're looking at their eyes and their face as they're trying to use something, you can tell when they lean in and you can tell when they lean back. And it's like they lean back and they're confused or they lean in and they're excited and they want to know more. And, uh, and so that's what we've lost out on in feedback because most people get feedback through text. Most mm. people do most of their communication through text. And in text, there's no nuance. There's very little ability to understand people, and um, and and move forward in any sort of relationship, whether it's a business relationship or uh, or otherwise. And so, when you translate that to video, or in person, uh, mm-hmm. or some sort of hybrid, you have a much higher chance of actually understanding. And mm-hmm. when you can understand them, you can make changes and iterate. And improve it. And so that was step one was go to people, sit down with them, show them the product, see if it solves a pain point, a problem that they have. Right. That's that's a huge thing that I think most of us fail in is we focus too much on our product instead of focusing on the customer's problem. Mm -hmm. And if we can go and sit with someone and listen to their problem and then offer them a solution with our product we make the conversation about their problem instead of about our product. And so if you can do that early on, they can help you mold and shape the product to to solve their problem.
1: Love that, man. So how many, how many people did you show live? Oh my goodness.
2: A lot. Yeah. I, I didn't count, but we built it really slowly over a year and then or maybe half a year. And then, uh, you know, COVID hit and everyone was obsessed with uh, video solutions for everything because everyone got dispersed. Yeah. And so that's when we started really sprinting at it. But I mean, I I probably sat down with hundreds of people and talked to them and tried to listen and understand what their kind of unique business was because this fits so many different um, you know sectors of business. Like if you have a sales team, well, great. You're going to stand out a lot in someone's inbox or in their LinkedIn message. When you associate a video and a human with it, rather than just text, Mm -hmm. if you're a small service provider, you know, it's the same thing. If you're a real estate agent, for example, like a lot of what you're communicating doesn't communicate very well with words, but if you attach a video to it, you're gonna build truster quicker. You know, show them the product in a better way. There's uh there's so many examples, and so it's it's fun. It's an interesting product because it it can help a lot of different types of people.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, I I was checking out you know some of it with the little bubble I see on the website. I think it's pretty cool. So what? I guess where are you at? So you're about two and a half years in now, right? With that that business. Kind of. Where are yeah, you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but revenue wise and like users wise, like how is it scaled up? Cause I, I love to hear just kind of how things are shaping out. Yeah. So, yeah. So what we did is we built it
2: for, you know, six months and then we spent, we spent really another six months to a year, just getting feedback, not building much.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: So that was, um, you know, we, we actually built the, the core of it, which was just sending videos to people. Right built the core of that i guess that was end of 2018 spent 2019 getting feedback then covid hit and it was like okay go time and uh and so that's when we really you know spent a lot more time and energy building the product and and doing that we've gotten a lot of feedback and uh and timing's huge right like you can't um he you can't think that you're just gonna create a product and just drop it into the market and and have it blow up, right? People say, Oh, we launched our product. But I think it's the wrong analogy. I think the better analogy is you plant a seed, right? And when you plant a seed and you start watering it and nurturing it, you don't see anything oftentimes for years. Like all the growth is underground. And eventually it sprouts up above ground and you, you celebrate, yay! But you know, most products don't really launch. So uh, they grow and you nurture them and they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow. And that's, that's like a much better analogy. So um, we really didn't even start selling Warm Welcome as a product until er- earlier this year. Like we kind of consider January our, our launch day. Even though we were selling it, we had some customers trickling in, but we were more just doing that for feedback and understanding, and so now we've got a few thousand customers that are still giving feedback, but um, but that's just since January. You know, we went from you know a couple dozen to a couple thousand, so it's a it's a good space to be in, um, and especially because every single business nowadays has been forced into ha- like selling online, mm-hmm. right? You had a restaurant. And you're just serving people in your restaurant and almost overnight, like you now have to learn how to sell online. And so if you're going to sell online, you have to learn how to build trust online. Well, most people, you know, try and build trust through some text and graphics on a website and it just doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So the example here is Apple, right? Apple, we all know, builds some of the most beautiful products, The most, the the best design products. Uh, But when you walk into an Apple store, there's somebody there at the front giving you a warm welcome. That's what they call it. They got the idea for it the same place that we did through a company called Young Life. Um, One of the Apple execs went to one of these summer camps for kids and You get off the bus and you get a warm welcome. Everyone there at the camp is clapping for you, cheering you on, giving you a warm welcome. So Apple, this Apple exec went back to all the stores and said, we're gonna give everyone who walks in our store a warm welcome. And all it is is somebody smiling, waving at you saying, is there anything I can do to help? More often than not, everyone who walks through the door just smiles back and says, no, I'm just gonna look around, right? But that greeting that warm welcome is so important that apple and walmart and like a lot of smart stores nowadays have that person there to give that that greeting. Well, people with their online business don't do that or haven't traditionally done that. Their website, they think that that a, a fancy designed website is going to build trust and it just doesn't. Having a person, the founder, or the main account rep, they're smiling, greeting people as soon as they hit the website, builds far more trust than anything else. So um, that's that's fun and exciting because almost everyone is transitioning to that and everyone's wanting it. And so the time is right now for this product to um, to hit the market.
1: Love it, man. And what was the name of that camp that you mentioned?
2: It was called Young Life. So yep. yeah, Young Life is a, a Christian organization that does summer camps for kids, and um, they work all around the world. Uh, but but that's where we got the name of the product from. Was um, you know they give everyone a warm welcome when they show up for camp and a fond farewell as they leave camp, and uh, and so we wanted to um, give businesses the same thing because we interact with businesses every single day. If you can welcome you know, and love on your customers in the same way. You're going to create better customer loyalty. You're going to build more trust. You're going to have better relationships with the people that you work with, uh, both internally and externally. And so it's just, um, it's just a better way of going through business than sending these emails or Slack messages or, you know, text messages around. It's like text communication just sucks. And if you don't believe me, go look at Twitter, go look at Facebook, Like, it just turns into one big fight. But when you can see each other and look in each other's eyes and be like, there's another human on the other side of this. Like, I'm not just going to jam out some angry email at them. Like, I'm going to have a conversation.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, you're right. I love that. I love where you got that from. And the fact that you leverage the same principles that, like, Walmart and Apple are doing. And then, like, basically transform that into an online solution, which is true, man, it, like that is a big gap with websites and understanding brand and all those components. So, uh, so people can use that on a website, right? Is there um, ways where you integrate that into email as well, like email follow-ups and other components for, let's say new client onboarding or other areas like that, or, or just walk us through kind of like how you can build relationships throughout the chain once you get past that initial website. Right. So,
2: uh, in terms of the whole customer journey, like, let's say you start with a business card. Well, most paper business cards end up in the trash, right? Mm -hmm. You get someone's business card, you look at it, you maybe write down their phone number and then toss it. They're so bad, right? If you change your position at a company or you change your brand or you change anything, you have to order a whole new set of business cards. Right. But a video business card, which is sometimes the first kind of contact with somebody, um, can deliver so much more information. It can be changed. It can be updated. uh, And the people can communicate through it, right? You can text it to somebody. They can click a button, send you a video back, send you audio message back, send you text message back right through a video business card. But then they might go to your website. So then they see the same warm personal, you know, greeting on the website where you're smiling and waving at them down with a little video bubble in the corner of the website. Again, you're just building trust. It's not that everyone is going to respond through that bubble or through the business card, but you're building trust as they see you more, as they can look in your eyes, they understand a human is behind the business. So then they mosey through the website. Then maybe the, maybe the call to action on the website is. You know, book a meeting or buy a product or something like that. Well, when they go to those pages of the website, a lot of websites have a form, right? Mm -hmm. They do all this work to get the customer to um, trust them, to believe in them, to reach out, and then they give this form, online form, take a number, and we'll get back to you. A terrible, terrible experience. But that's the way most people have done it, right? right? So. It would be much better if on your contact page you had a video that was saying, "Hey, we're so glad that you're here. That you've made it this far. We're so excited to work with you. Um, just click one of these buttons. Send us a video. We'd love to get to know you, and uh, we can connect more that way. And um, you know, start working together. Like, what a better experience. That's going to build a lot more trust with somebody than fill out this form. And you know, we'll send you." you know, through our onboarding flow. Um, So again, you can do all that, embed these videos on the site. Then once you're working with somebody, yeah, you've got the typical day-to-day communication or week-to-week or customer support, whatever um, that you can do through um, sending the videos through email. You can send them through, you know, messaging through social media. Uh, You can send them through text messages. Um, However you tend to Mm -hmm. communicate with your customers, you can do that. Um, but it keeps it inside of one nice, clean um, experience. Instead of having, you know, one company that you use for video emails, another one for the video bubble, another one for, you know, your website. Like, if if the client experience is is convoluted and the communication with your client is spread out across all these different things, like it just doesn't it doesn't feel very good, and mm. it breaks down over time. So. Um, That's where we took a more strategic approach versus a tactical approach. Uh, There's a lot of companies out there that will do like one thing. They'll do video emails, for example. And it's a tactical uh, approach where they're solving the problem if you need video emails. But once you do that, you realize, oh, I want to personalize so much more of my business. I need all these other things. And now you're strapping on all these different products instead of having it all within one.
1: Love it, man. I could definitely see the usefulness of this. It sounds like a, an awesome solution and I'm excited for you. It sounds like you built something special. So, uh, we're, we're just about up on time. Where can people find you? How can they learn more about you if they want to hear more about or find out and use warm welcome, or they just want to learn more about you. Where can they, where can they find you? Yeah.
2: I'd just say go right on over to WarmWelcome.com. Um, you can click on the video bubble there and, uh, you know, send us a video. It's always fun to get to know people. Um, We got a a kind of a fun shout out from uh, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank because he has the Ask Mr. Wonderful show, just Uh like Gary Vaynerchuk has the Ask Gary V show where that's what they do is these Q&As, these, you know, send me a question, I'll answer it. And Warm Welcome can do that as well. So for social media influencers or even just people trying to use content to uh, build awareness. um, You can do that. And uh, and so we love doing that too. So go to the site. You could also go to davidj.com, click on the little video bubble, you know, send me a video, ask me a question and uh, I'll shoot you a a reply back. But, um, but yeah, any of those places is great.
1: That's awesome. I love it, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on today and uh, it was a great, great uh, path you kind of took us down in a lot of different directions that um, were not really what i expected <laughs> but uh but very very valuable insightful and i'm excited for you man so it's great having you on the show
2: thanks a lot Ryan. it's great to be All
1: right. here. thanks a lot david
0: Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes, so check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.